If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. All right, today's episode, we answered some fitness and health questions that were asked by our audience. But the way we open the episode is with an intro portion where we talk about current events, we bring up scientific studies, and we mention our sponsors. Today's intro portion was 47 minutes long. After that, we got to the questions. So here's how we opened the episode. We talked about Adam's transformation post. So he gave us some, uh, some talked a little bit about people DMing him and <laughs> talking a little bit of crap on something he said on a previous yeah, podcast. When Adam's confident, I guess people come after him. That's huh? it. Then we talked about discipline, the difference between discipline and motivation. I had a conversation with my daughter this morning that turned into a great learning lesson. Then we talked about how a new study just came out showing that dairy fat decreases risk of heart disease. Uh-oh. What? The opposite again. Come on. Weird how people Completely don't- Completely the opposite. Weird how people don't always trust everything they say, huh, Justin? Yeah, that is weird. Very strange. Yeah. Then we talked about Organifi's gold juice. I love drinking this at night before bed. Very relaxing. I get better sleep. It's anti-inflammatory. And they have the fall flavor pumpkin spice. Put it in almond milk. It's incredible. Go check them out. They have other supplements and products. Head over to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. Then we talked about the new Star Wars series Visions on Disney Plus and the Marvel series What If. They're both animated, a lot of fun. Yes, I'm a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd too, so. Go check it out. Then we talked about how one of our forum members used Caldera's face serum on his hands and had a radical transformation. Apparently he had really dry, scaly skin on his palms and he started using the, palm. the Caldera Lab Serum um, and within, I believe, 10 days had a dramatic uh, change. I like their serum for my face. It's really, really good. I have oily skin. It balances it out. Justin has dry skin. It balances him out too. Yes. So it works for everybody. Go check them out. Head over to calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump for 20% off. And then we talk about BLM, Black Lives Matter in New York, protesting the vaccine mandates because they're racist. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, What's going to happen? <laughs> people are split. Who do they go with? Uh-oh. We'll see what happens. Then we got to the questions. Here's the first one. First person asked us, how do people get so buffed in prison if they're not eating a calorie surplus? So we talked all about what the workouts and stuff look like in prison. So the next Bible. question, uh, this person wants to know good glute exercises to build a dump truck. That's actually the word that they use, dump truck. <laughs> I think they're talking about having nice butt. Yeah. Uh, the third question, this person wanted our advice on what we think about bench pressing with the feet off the floor. And then the last question, this person wants to know the mind pump origin story. So we talk about how we met and how we started the Mind Pump podcast. Also, these are the final hours for our 50% off sale of MAPS Performance and MAPS Suspension. Okay, so they're both half off. This sale is ending very soon. As soon as we drop this episode, you only have a few hours to take advantage of this. Head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Use the code SEPTEMBER50. That's September 50 with no space for that discount. This morning on the way here, because uh, my kids are super into like, 
80s and 90s music. So I go on. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because when we were kids, I think the music your parents listened to maybe, I don't know. It's like a thing, right? So yeah. my daughter's always like, put on 80s, put on 90s, you know? So I'm like, all right. So today I went on and I, I go through the stations. I'm like, oh, 90s hip hop. This will be fun. This will oh, be fun to listen what, to. What do you mean, dude? It's not <laughs> it's fun. so inappropriate. Not fun at all. <laughs> I did that just so you know. Like, you already figured this day. out. Yeah, and I was like, this is not good. Bro, the put- Humpty Dance is your chance. And like, I'm trying to introduce them to all these cool songs, and it's all the, the most sexual things. Bro, I had Ice Cube came yeah. on, and oh my today God. was a good day, and, my, and we're listening, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, change that real quick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's super inappropriate. <laughs> Speaking of 90s stuff, so I had a guy last night. I, that was in, uh, slid in my DMs talking shit to me. I posted. Did you guys see? I posted my because we were talking about my my transformation on the podcast the other day. So I, I went. Oh back wait and, a minute, you got some heat on that on YouTube too. Oh yeah. Oh, did it get? Did it come on? Did, I didn't see if yeah, I. Guess, this guy's like, oh my god, Adam's ego. I could totally do this if oh, I. Dude. I <laughs> you I know what? It always like comes it. off that way. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck you. That's all I gotta say to these people. Hey, it did <laughs> sound a little douchey though. I wait, I listened to it afterwards and I was like, I you know I knew it was gonna come off that way too. I was like, you know what? How, but my point of that, and I, obviously it he probably, just has supreme confidence. That is everybody. not why. That's supreme <laughs> confidence. Shut, shut up. You're going to make it worse. Okay. <laughs> my point of saying that to people is because I get, we, I mean, I used to get, I still get tons of these DMs is ever people think that those transformations are so fake or, oh, they got to be on all the steroids. And I, the point I was trying to make was not me having superior anything or being amazing at anything was that it's possible. Actually, it's more like, I don't know a lot and I could still do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's people out there with better genetics than me, know a lot more than me yeah. and they can make that transformation. That was yeah. really the point I was trying to make. So yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, yeah. back to the dude talking just... shit to me in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I had the, the, the pictures when, you know, I was, I was rocking the bucket hats where it's like, you know, forward bills and stuff like that. And I have a tiny head. So when I, that style, when it was in style, I had to tuck my ears in. Mm. And so he was talking shit to me about. But you tucked in your ears. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. About that. And I was just like, you know, fuck you. It was in, one. It was in style too. I had, I have a small head, so if I wear that hat, I have to do it. It's either that or my, that. or my or my ears or my ears do yeah. this. Yeah, I don't know what Maybe would like be like Dumbo. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what would be worse. <laughs> yeah. But the irony of it was the kid's bio picture. He's got the fucking '90s, you know, big. You know, those are back in style again, right? The big old like oakley looking uh, oh, goggle glasses dude, that's everywhere it's, everywhere now all the like kids all the worst things that we made fun of people for in the 80s and that like people are owning that like the lightning bolt like cuts yes. to the oh, side of their head with God. like a mullet and then like rat tails are back dude no, did you not. talk to yes are they really i'm serious oh, so that's you talked to vicky told me like there's all these kids that come in and they want specifically they want like a rat tail yeah and she's like are you sure? You know? <laughs> like, who told you? Bring the bring the flat. Dude, that, 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 that was the irony of this. I know as some kid, he's probably like eighteen years old, and he's talking shit to me. I'm like, meanwhile, you're fucking biting shit off the fucking eighties yeah, right yeah. now, dude. Get out of here. Hey, with shit. I tell you what, I don't care how cool Bro. you think you are. Whatever you're wearing now, and you're and you're young, you're gonna look like an idiot in twenty years. Yeah, you can't win, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody can win. Well, especially if you're trying to be all cool. You know, anything that's real cool and in style yeah. is like like wild and. Stupid. Stupid, that's why right? I just never cared. Yeah. You know, just go, go classic. <laughs> At least you're consistent. Oh, hey, that's right. Always you're consistently out of style, man. <laughs> I never cared. And you know what? It you turned out for the old man style. I did the right thing. It turned out right. I did the right thing. Hey, so this morning, uh, speaking to my kids, right? So this morning, I, I woke up at 5 to do my workout at 5.45. I do my thing. It, of course, sucks, right? Working out at that time is just 
crap. Yeah. I do my workout. My daughter How comes downstairs. How long does it take you to get all ramped up? Well, from 5 a.m. to 5.45. Yeah. So I come, I go, I'll go downstairs. I <laughs> take all my caffeine, go upstairs, and you know go to the bathroom. By the time it kicks in, then I go downstairs and do my workout mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'm in the garage doing my thing, and I come out when I'm finally done. My daughter comes down, and she's like, oh, she looks at me with this like look, like, w- w- like you're an idiot. And I said, what? Why are you looking at me like that? And she goes, I can hear you grunting and gasping for air in my room and she goes and and you look like you're about to die she goes why do you like why do you love this so much and i laughed and then i stopped right i paused for a second and i said i'll be honest with you honey i said i don't love it at all hate it i said but i do it anyway and she's like what that's good lesson time right that's right absolutely i'm like i do it anyway i said that's the difference between doing things because you feel like it Mm-hmm. And, and just being disciplined. I said, I don't like it. I don't want to wake up at five. I don't want to go and do 20 reps of squats, cold ass garage in the morning. I said, but I do it anyway. And I said, and that's, for you. that's what discipline is all about. And I don't think she got it because the look on her face was like- Not right now, but she no will sense. though. That's a great answer though, because you know, I bet you a lot of parents or a lot of people get hit with that from a kid and they but oh, I do. They put on the like, I love it. Yeah. It's like, no, why yeah. would you do that? Why would, because then the kid's going to be like, well, I don't love it like my mom does or my dad does. Yeah. I ain't ever fucking doing this. But if you tell them straight up like that, like, listen- I don't like this shit. It's hard. I don't, I'd rather, I would rather have slept in. I'd yep. rather not do that. But there's other reasons why I do it. And that, you're going to find plenty of things in your life that you're going to cross well, it just started, like this. It started a conversation, too, in the car. Uh, you know, we're talking about it. And she goes, well, yeah. She goes, it, it gets easier, though, right? Like, it, And I said, well, you get more fit and you get stronger, but then yeah. you lift heavier and you work out harder. I said, so the reality is, and I remember this with clients, too. The truth is, it hurts just as much today as it did when I first started, maybe even more. But the difference is my relationship yeah. with that pain. Your association is completely different. Totally different. Like, do you guys remember this? Do you guys remember getting a brand new client who was deconditioned, never worked out, never did any resistance training, and they would do an exercise and let's say it's tricep press down, like super basic exercise. And then the, they would start to burn and they drop the weight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That ever happened to you? Yeah. I remember that when that first happened to me, I was like, I would try not to laugh. Like, oh, what uh-huh. happened? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, why'd you drop the weight? I'm like, oh, it really you know, it really hurts or it really burns. I'm like, oh, they don't have they, they don't have a relationship with pain like I do. They don't understand mm-hmm. that, you know, there's good pain or bad pain. And I, that's like a, a great life lesson, right? It's yeah. like shit's hard. It'll never not be hard. You just have to get, I guess, tougher and more resilient. Well, so. it's funny. I mean, I, I kind of had a similar conversation because both my boys are, are in gymnastics and they're now competing in it. And so they've stepped up the level of their practices. And so, I mean, they're doing 100, 200 push-ups. You know, oh, they, they got them doing all kinds of pull-ups. Yeah. They got them doing like really cool. like hard things. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. in the, in back, I'm just like, yeah, this is perfect. But then uh, Ethan woke up the other day and he was just like, oh, I'm so sore. He's just ooh, walking around just like, you know, feeling sorry for himself, trying to get attention and all this stuff. And I'm like... Uh, I'm like, yeah, you're sore. Like, you need to keep moving. Like, this is all part of the process of getting stronger. And and you know, uh, th- this is this is something you're gonna come across quite a bit. You know, like you're gonna have those days where you don't feel you know up for it, and but you just you work through it. 
and and this is this is all part of like recognizing like you just did something hard you did something that you put a lot of effort into and your body now is recovering and you're going through this process but you know you, you can't always avoid you know that feeling like it's not always going to be like i'm always awesome and, and i'm not going to feel that's, the pain of it that's why kids have moms by the way <laughs> no, do you think ah, you know, he goes to get a hug. All he wanted was a hug. Yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> so I, my, I did not give him that. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I go to work with my dad uh, in the summers. I started doing this when I was like maybe twelve, <clears throat> and you know I'm mixing cement and carrying buckets, and you know my hands and so I wasn't used to this kind of work. And my dad grew up doing this kind of stuff, so I get like a blister or a cut, and I'd come to him. Be like, oh, I got a, I got a big cut, and he'd be like, you grab the the dry powder or cement. stick glue in it, yeah, right? Super, <laughs> throw some, super glue real quick. He throw it. some cement or, or some <laughs> sand on it. Here you go, you're okay <laughs> now. I'm like, ah, it, great for it that. burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go get me two more buckets, please. Of do you think? Uh, yeah. Do you think both of you? Do you think that? Um, you think that's one of the biggest difference about being an older dad? Like uh, when I think about like <clears throat> having future conversations, like what you guys are talking about right now. I think that the way I would have handled it at twenty something, it would be totally different at forty. How like I would, I wouldn't have the wisdom to admit to, that to, it's hard. Yes, like yes. you, like uh, if if my kid came in at like twenty two and I was working out like that, and they came in, they're like, "Oh my god, dad, it looks like this is." Why will you do this? And they no, question easy. me. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, no, nah, I love this. You can it makes do me feel great. You like I probably, I would probably answer yeah. something like that. I probably wouldn't have the foresight to go like, "Hey, this is a really great and." At least what I, from my perspective of seeing other uh, uh, dads and older dads and younger dads, I feel like that's one of the biggest things that I notice a difference is like most of my older dads that are friends of mine have the wisdom to catch all those teaching moments mm -hmm. that a young dad may not, it would just kind of like, oh yeah, go right over them. And they didn't see that as a, like, here's a perfect opportunity for you to like take a moment to actually use this as a great teaching moment versus just letting it fly by. You hit by. the nail on the head because mm -hmm. what'll happen is if you don't tell your kid that you were scared, that you're tired, that it hurt, that it was hard, then what's going to happen to them is they're going to grow up and they're going to think something's wrong with them. They're right. going to be like, you know, my dad was never scared, yeah. but why am I scared? Or my dad, you know, he's, he he ne he loved that that things were challenging. In fact, he never said it was hard. It, everything was easy to him. Why is it so hard for me? Yeah. And that's the wrong thing. The, the right thing is to to tell them the truth. Like when I tell my – my kids love for me to tell them stories of when I was growing up, especially stories mm -hmm. of when I would get into fights. Yeah, get or into trouble. They love I, stories of when I would get into trouble. They love it. So yeah. I would tell them a story of like the time that I got jumped yeah. in eighth grade by a bunch of guys and this and that. And my, I remember my, when I first told my son and my daughter – well, my daughter was really young, but my son was like maybe seven – and I'm telling them the story about, and you know, it's basically, I went, I went into the bathroom and they followed me in there, closed the doors and I got jumped by like five dudes. And my son's looking at me. And then after I told him the whole story, he goes, wow, you weren't even scared. I said, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, mm -hmm. but I had to fight anyway, because mm -hmm. if I just sat there scared, I would have got really hurt. So it's yeah. really important, I think, to tell your kids. So she's like, you know, oh, you love it. <clears throat> no, I don't actually. <laughs> this sucks. I said, but I love the discipline. Yeah. I like the fact that I, it doesn't matter if I like it or not that I'm going to do it anyway. Right, what comes from it, right? Yeah, and you know what? You know, um, who was it that taught me? I had a client years ago. It was so valuable. One of the things I loved most about training, and sometimes I even felt guilty about it, was I would actually learn more sometimes from my clients than they would learn from sure. me. And I had this woman that I trained years ago. She was a child psychologist. 
And I'll never forget this conversation we had. She said, you know, one thing, this is when my son was first born. So he was just an infant. And I was asking her questions like, what are some tips that you have for me? And she said, don't, don't tell your kid he's like super smart or super talented. I'm like, huh? She goes, well, what I mean is emphasize the hard work and effort, not the talent. And so she said, like, for example, if your kid brings you their test and they have an A on it in math. Instead Don't say of, you're so smart. Yeah. Instead of being like, wow, you're so good at math. You know, you're so smart at math. Say, I can tell that you really worked hard at this, or I could tell that you studied really hard uh, in order to do this. And I said, well, why? And she said, because at some point they're going to reach a challenge. And if they're constantly taught that they're smart and talented and that things should be easy, they'll hit, they'll reach a challenge and they'll think something's wrong with them or they'll avoid the challenge mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't understand. They have identified with the fact that they're so smart and right. talented. So I did that at a very young age. I would always emphasize the hard work aspect and I swear to God it's paid off. Like both my kids very much so when something's really hard and challenging, I see them kind of buckle down and work hard, you which gave that, I, you, I hope, I think it came from that. You gave that advice in somewhere in the first 100 episodes I think that we ever did. Probably one of the uh, things that stuck with me the most that I've heard you talk about about being a father. I've, I've never heard anybody else uh, say that before, nor have I ever thought of that because it's just it's natural, right? Yeah. Your kid does something. Yeah, really you want to tell them they're talented. Oh, you're so smart, praise. or you're so good, or you want to you want to say that, and you think that positive reinforcement is actually a good thing, but you don't think about exactly what you just said. Is it, it's inevitable that they're going to come? There's going to be a time when someone is smarter, you mm -hmm. know, or so whatever, and you always want to tie it back to their work because they can do more work, they can work harder to achieve those. Well, things. plus let's. Let's say they are very talented, right? Let's say, uh, like my like my son is very very talented at math. He's just really really good at math. It's something that tends to come easy to him, but because I think we've emphasized hard work with him, what he does is he actually tries to go for the harder classes that are going to push him even more. And it sucks and it's hard, and he'll complain sometimes. But if I I think if it was all about his talent, he would have probably stayed in the classes where he felt talented. You know the ones that were easier for him because yeah. at some point you're going to do some math. I don't care how talented you are, unless you're, you know, like a genius of some sort, which you're probably not. Most, yeah. You know, let's be honest. Most of our kids are not geniuses. It's super rare. So he's, but he's going to reach out for the harder stuff, which that's going to pay you back dividends in life. Sure, not the yeah. doing the easy stuff. You know, so. Yeah, it's it was it's a. I love these opportunities, but sometimes I push it too hard. I see my yeah. daughter roll her eyes. No, I, recently, <laughs> it's, yeah, here like, comes a lesson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I told you guys about having the whole sex talk and all that. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, but so again, like moving into junior high has been just this accelerated uh, amount of questions come, and it's good. And this is why you have. Uh, you know, these conversations and you try to be as honest as you can uh, because then they feel comfortable coming to you totally. to, to explain what's actually happening, which I never did to my parents, right? Because they didn't want to, they didn't want to address, you know, these things or like even acknowledge that it was a thing yet. And it's very insightful for us to, to, to realize what this environment is like. And it's so like the latest thing is like all these different drugs like he keeps asking me about all these drugs and you know that it's just like a kid that's just trying to be cool and like i know i know what angel dust is dude yeah. you know, like, I'm, like, I'm like angel dust like what are you guys talking about at lunch you know like it's just crazy to of me all like, drugs. yeah of all drugs i'm like that's like an old school like you know it's about mescaline like what are we talking about here you know like, like pcp you know like, so it's just, it's weird. Like, it's just strange. I'm like going, revisiting. I'm like, wait, which one is Dude, that? You it's, know? it's so, it's for me too, because when I grew up, 
you were topics you just didn't talk about. Yeah. You didn't talk about sex ever. So I yeah. never had a con. You know what I had with sex? My dad and his workers would tell me dirty jokes. That's yeah, what yeah. the call. That was the extent yeah, of yeah. the sex talk. We never talked about drugs. Never. Mm-hmm. There was never. We didn't even mention like the words, you know, marijuana or anything like that. It would have caused like my mom to freak out or whatever. So we, so for me, it's so unnatural, but I force it mm-hmm. because I I know how valuable it can be for my kids to to feel comfortable asking me questions. Now, Jessica, on the other hand, grew up this way. Her mom was super open, ask me anything, never freak out. Like that's a big lesson Jessica taught me. She said, you're, yeah. at some point your yeah, kids- you can't gonna, react. Yes. Mm-hmm. She said, they're going to ask you some crazy shit yeah. and you can't react. <laughs> yeah. you or else act, you'll never get yeah. again. Yes. Yeah. You have to act super cool. And she's like this. So my kids know this. So we'll be at the dinner table and sometimes conversations pop up. And then my son will just ask, because we've, we've created that environment, right? So he'll ask a question and he'll ask something like, what does LSD feel like? You know, and I'm, uh, you know, my, and, my, and Jessica just, man, eh, she'll just answer him and be super frank about certain, certain things. And yeah. it's, but it's, it creates a good, you know, kind of good dialogue. Yeah. But my daughter now, right? Cause she's turned, she's about to turn 12. So now they're doing the whole thing. <clears throat> we bought her, I don't know if I said this on the show or not. I think I told you guys off air, Jessica bought her this book about, learning about your body and it's perfect for, for young girls and it's very frank and very open or whatever. And so my daughter brought it downstairs, uh, the other day and we're all sitting around and I'm like, okay, I want my daughter to, to bring this up to me, but I also want to, I want to motivate her in a way that makes her, that makes it kind of fun. So I acted a little embarrassed. So I'm like, Oh my God, what's in that book and acted kind of whatever. And so Jessica goes, she goes, "Uh, Alessia, uh, just open the book to a random page and then and then have your dad read it. So and I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to do that. And my daughter thinks it's hilarious, so she opens it up and hands it to me. And it's literally <clears throat> how to use a tampon. I mean, it shows a vagina, shows a tampon, does the whole thing. Yeah. And my daughter's like, yeah, read that, read that, Papa. Tell me all about it. <laughs> and I'm like doing it, you know. And I'm like, man, this is hard for me. Never would my sisters have done this yeah, to yeah. my dad. My dad would have been like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. But I like the fact that my daughter. You know, feels open like that, and no, it's cool. It's and it's really cool when you see, like, so in Katrina's family, yeah. Katrina is the youngest, and they're all like this. So it's really a, a neat dynamic when you foster that in a family, and then to see. So I get, I have been, you know, <clears throat> brought into this family at you know my thirties. So they were all raised this way, and so to see the way they all interact at the table, and it was how they, weird at first. I bet. Oh yeah, of course. You know, there's nothing more weird than having your mother-in-law, uh, you know, make comments about you know getting blowjobs from her daughter like at a dinner table, and just be like, uh, the, uh, how do I react to this right now? You know, like that's it's that open in her yeah. family that they would have that, and in front of everybody, and it'd be no big deal, right? And everybody kind of laugh or joke <clears throat> about it. And, but it actually has created this really intimate, cool bond between all of them that they all trust each other about everything. And, and if something's going on with one of them, it could be very personal, it could be sexual, it could be drugs, it could be something going on dynamically in the relationship where someone cheated on someone. I mean, you, you name it, of the whole spectrum, and it, it will get brought into the family and there's no judgment, there's, no, there's this dialogue back and forth. You've got a collective group of different people that truly care about you, which I think that's so important because what ends up happening with kids and even adults uh, that don't have a circle of trust like this where they can share almost anything, they go seek it in other places. That's what I did. And then you seek it in other places. And many times those people don't have your best interests. Even if they're your friends, you you think that, but there's this competitive relationship that you have that you don't even know you have with your friends. Or they're young too, and they don't know you 
right. They don't have any, they don't have the wisdom or they don't really give a shit as much as you think they do, or they don't want to see the best thing for you. Whereas in a family, uh, network like that it's a, it's a lot different this what happened to me the first time i drank like i actually really drank i was maybe 18 maybe 19 and i mean i tasted alcohol here and there but i i didn't understand what it felt like to be drunk i didn't know you know how it affected the body and i went with a friend of mine who was right around my same age and we got into a bar because we you know we 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 got our fake ids or whatever we got in there and you know we're doing shots of tequila and of course it starts to hit you, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this feels great. We're having fun. But I had zero experience. I had no idea that it takes a second for each shot to hit you. So I went way over because you're going, you're going. And the next thing you know, I'm throwing up. And You know, that could have been averted if I had a relationship with my parents where they're yeah, like, sure. if you're curious about alcohol totally. and you want to try it and see what it's like, do it with us. We'll do it first. And then, then you can kind of look because now I, I never get sick when I drink, except for that time we we tested uh, Zbiotic on the on the video. <laughs> we pushed it, oh, yeah. but let's I never not, get let's sick. Not revisit that because I know I yeah. know the limits, and and so I hope I hope one day when my kids are if they want to do anything like that, they they come to me first, and then I'm like, all right, let me show you you know the right way to do this. What and, do you what do you think the 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 main attribute as a, as a father or a parent is that you think it's vulnerability? What like what is the attribute that contributes to that ability to to have that conversation with your kids and do that consistency and stability? Mm -hmm. I think you definitely need to be open. Yeah, I think vulnerability. That's why I said. Yeah, that. but you I have think. to be. What I mean by consistency and stability is uh, you, you have you, you have to be there yeah. because they have to know they can depend on you. Yes, you got to be vulnerable. But are you always there? Um, I, actually, I was going to have It's really the consistency part because as, as much you got to be able to, to to do what you say. Yes. You know, and, and, and follow through. And so it's like they know that you're um, consistently like doing those things that you're telling them to do or like, you know, your example of that. Then it's like they're more open to release, you know, that information to you. Yeah, I think consistency is really important, but I really think it's a vulnerable, a vulnerability thing that you guys have to, for you to admit that the working out is hard. Yeah, yeah. Or you to admit about oh, drugs, yeah. so, oh, that was scary or that was hard this time. Like you, you have to be able to first- you're not some superhuman or something. Yeah, or yeah. even admit like, you know, hey, you're, I don't know, I don't have a lot of experience in that or haven't done that. Yeah, you know, right. they, you know or oh, I'll open up this book and read about a tampon because I've actually never done that before, but I'm willing to do that. To me, it's more vulnerability and- and the ability to do that in front of your children, which is probably really hard for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, that's definitely important. Oh, you know, yeah. It's funny. I was uh, when I visited my brother this weekend, and he is exactly like I was as a young dad because we were obviously raised by the same parents. And and you know, I love my mom to death. I love her to death. Uh, great mom, but she was that old school Sicilian mom that literally did everything for her kids. Did everything. Like I, I I moved out when I was. 19 or no, excuse me, when I was 20 to go invest in a, in a gym. And up until I was 20, my mom made my bed and washed my clothes, folded my clothes, folded my socks, folded my underwears. <clears throat> if I wanted lunch, she'd make me lunch. It's like that classic stereotype, right? Of the mom that whatever. So when I first had kids, I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't involved in that way. So I see my brother doing this and I can tell that he's like, oh, I'll play with the kid, kiss him. Uh-oh, give it to mom. You take care of everything. You take care of this. Like at one point, she was telling a story how she was like going to the bathroom. She was peeing. He was playing with the baby. The baby starts crying. He literally picks the baby up, brings it in the bathroom, hands it to mom. Because, and I know I was exactly <clears throat> like this. And so I'm going to have a conversation with him and tell him like, you know, it's funny. When I, when I got divorced and we did the dual custody thing, I all of a sudden had this learning curve of having to figure out 
school and lunch and laundry and picking them up and doing that stuff. And it was hard. But then I realized like when you do those day-to-day things with them, you actually develop a relationship with them you couldn't have had you not done those things. I didn't yep. realize that. Yep. I didn't realize I missed out on all that stuff because I thought that's what my wife did or whatever. Right, right. And uh, so this is a conversation I have. I hope he listens. I hope he understands what I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's uh, all that stuff I think is you know super important. How you how old were you when you invested in the gym? How old again? I want to say, was I 21 or 20? 20 you, had, or you had saved 21. up $100,000 already by that time, didn't yeah. you? Isn't that, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I was making a lot of money and I lived at home. And well, I, yeah. I had a, I, I drove mean, a Volkswagen. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, yeah. a kid to, to a kid to save a hundred thousand dollars. I was in my late twenties yeah, before I had saved that kind of money. Mm, mm. So I also had a terrible relationship with money in my early twenties yeah. too. But a good thing, that, but you were talented and you can make it. <laughs> yeah, thank so God. offset it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. Get back up again, dude. Did you guys <laughs> see uh, what's making the news right now? Another a new study that came out that counters all the decades of you know, I don't know what you want to call it, information that we were hearing from what? the FDA about uh, dairy fat. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> so a study came out on dairy fat and it showed that people who eat more fat from dairy have lower risks of heart disease. That's now, completely like the opposite of what they've been pounding us. Complete opposite. Completely the opposite. Complete opposite. Yeah, another example. <clears throat> wow. Complete Mark opposite. Mark that one on the board. And I'm like, when you see stuff like this, like, and you, and then you, you wonder why people are skeptical and don't just jump. Well, go further. When the what, FDA tells them to do what, something. What, okay, go, go further. What all? What all that was said, and what what was the the, the big difference that they found today than what we were talked well, about? Well, it says research, researchers track dairy fat intake in over 4,060 year olds, and they followed the participants for 16 years and found that older wow. adults with higher blood concentrations of fatty acids from dairy were less likely to have heart disease. Consuming more dairy fat was not linked with an overall increased risk of death, which is, it's not just new information. It's exactly the opposite yes. of what we were told forever. We were told that dairy fat was among the worst fat because well, a lot of it was saturated. I mean, I've I've heard that in a lot of these documentary, these vegan documentaries as well. I mean, they, they attack that, that point hard. So that's going to like uproot a lot of that momentum. I mean, it's again, a lot of this is propaganda based and everybody's cherry picking to find studies that they can identify, you know, to fit their narrative. But this is just another example. Well, yeah. you know, when I hear it, when I hear a study like that, it, it reminds me of the, um, the coffee cigarette one, right? Yeah. So I always, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Like, okay, that's a very extensive study. 4,000 some people, 16 years. That's incredible. But right away, the way my brain starts working is like, okay, are there things that are in common with people that tend to drink dairy on a regular basis? That's a great point. Now, yeah. I'll make an example that's probably not true in this situation, but like, okay, uh, or of those 4,000 people, how many of them work in a farm or a dairy? And maybe mm. their their health benefits have more to do with their, their labor all day long. They're outside right. catching sun. They're doing Exposed something laborious versus bacteria. Yeah, versus a you know soy kid engineer who's sitting at a computer desk under fluorescent lights all day long. The opposite, right? right. Who thinks that dairy milk is going to kill you. So that would be the, what I would want to know more detail about. Now, what they try to do with yeah. these studies, they try to control for all these things, but of course, it's, it's impossible to be perfect. Now, here's the, the counter to that. The counter to that is because it's been mainstream 
media to say that dairy fat is unhealthy. And it's been that way for at least two decades, if not longer. It's probably closer to three decades, right? If you figure when I, when they were saying that fat was bad, actually started in the 80s. So we're talking about 30, you know, three to four decades, we've been hammered that dairy fat is bad for you. So I would imagine that the relationship is the opposite, that people who ate more dairy fat anyways didn't care about health mm. because they weren't listening to the mainstream mm. uh, narrative. Mm -hmm. And so there, I would imagine that the, the correlation would be the opposite, where people who ate more dairy fat were less likely to care about their health because they're less likely to listen to mainstream mm. you know, advice around uh, dairy fat. Um, so, but I don't know. It's very interesting. Now, um, there's lots of studies that show that dairy fat is perfectly fine and healthy for you. There were studies that showed- Which that, I agree with, by the way. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Oh, there me. was that one study that showed that fat-free milk um, was worse for you than than whole milk. Yeah. Because of the way it affected insulin and, and blood sugar and stuff like that. Well, so. not only that, but you start to pull out all the, the, the healthy things that are in it when you start doing that totally. too, right? So- Totally. Yeah, and I mean, fat, I mean, I grew up drinking fat-free garbage milk. That's like it's like mm. white water. Yeah. Like what the hell is <laughs> more, going more on? More cases for cheese. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see what's happening here, you guys. Yes, I do. He's yes. not going to give up on that. Uh, no, not to give up Speaking of milk, uh, I've been uh, making the Organifi Gold Juice like uh, pumpkin spice lattes. For, yeah. I've been doing it for my kids. You so don't like, use milk though, do you? you I use... don't because I can't have dairy. Yeah. So I use. Yeah, we've been making those too. Have you? But with milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you with milk. Like yeah. Oh, okay. So I haven't done it with milk. I've done it with almond milk. Froth in there. It's so good. I bet it would it's be better. Good. Oh, yeah. I bet. I taste it a little bit. It's incredible. I do it with macadamia nut milk or with uh, almond milk. That's what, Doug, you're more of a macadamia nut milk, right? Yeah, that's my favorite. So you macadamia, you I'm almond most of the time. What are you? Are you coconut or are you? Because I know you. I'll do almond, macadamia, or coconut, kind of evenly. But all, but really, you expensive. like you keep all three in your refrigerator. You're not no, consistent with one. No, when I go to the grocery store, we'll grab one or the other. <laughs> yeah, but what are you more consistent with? That was a question. Probably almond milk, I would say. Yeah, okay, it's so that's me too. And you're dairy straight up. You don't. Oh, you don't dude. even waste your time. I, I with ain't almond chugging milk. no nut milk. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> I will have I will have dairy though too because we have that's we have a shirt. We have uh, you know. <laughs> whole milk in there for for uh max when he has milk so i'll have it ever occasionally so i'll still i'll still have it every now and then but i've told you guys before what i notice is if i have multiple things of dairy in the then day it bothers you. then it bothers me i can have it you know intermittently but i can't have it consistently and lots of it. well i i, yeah. I go on and off uh with the <clears throat> the gold juice um, but when i do it at night i do get better sleep it's a, a, clearly I get better sleep and I'm less inflamed. What do you think? What what compound in it do you think is most beneficial? Because I know it has several things in it. Um, is it the, the, you said reishi is in that? Yeah, right? turkey tail is in there, um, which is another mushroom. Um, they're both relaxing, and then it's got the um, what's it called? That yellow turmeric. Uh, turmeric. Thank you, Doug. Yes. Uh, and I and turmeric and curcumin, uh, if, especially if you take it with a fat and it's absorbed properly. Incredible anti-inflammatory. I like it for anti-inflammatory reasons. Yes. Yeah, especially <laughs> man, my body's been getting beat up a bit. Just you know, hitting pads with the kids down <laughs> there. I've been so sore, dude. My joints and everything. So that's it's been helping. Do you when you give your son milk? Do you do regular whole homogenized, or do you get the one that separates? Uh, we get that raw brand. Uh, Where do you find it? I haven't. I couldn't find it. Uh, I think Katrina gets it at Whole Foods. I want to say it. you get it too, don't you? Have you? You know raw brand? milk? Yeah, it's I, it's a brand called Raw Milk. 
Hmm. Yeah, but it's we, not actually they, raw. Don't you remember? The, no, it's it raw. Comes yeah, in it's raw. glass container. Okay, so no, Whole Foods stopped selling raw milk a while. Oh, back. so that's not Whole Foods she gets it from. You guys, they sent us some stuff. I brought yeah. it up on the show, oh, yeah, and then they yeah. sent it over to us. Right. That brand, uh-huh. I believe it's that's raw. That's the one I used to do all the time. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so love tasty. it. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, because so. I can't, I couldn't find any, so I just went with the non-homogenized. <clears throat> yeah, I have to ask Katrina. I'm, I don't do the grocery shopping, so she's she gets it from somewhere. I I don't think we have to go anywhere special though. I think they it's at either it's either at Safeway. It's not at Whole Foods. It's at one of the normal did places. You, did you know that if you pasteurize milk and you feed it to like calves, that it they don't they they end up with nutrient deficiencies and issues? Yeah, because they need sure. the night the digestive enzymes that come with it. Digestive right? enzymes, the bacteria, bacteria yeah, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. And then here's another thing: raw milk from healthy cows. If you leave it out, it doesn't go sour. Yeah, yeah. It turns into what does it turn into? Kefir? Yeah. It doesn't go sour, though. So it's only the pasteurized shit that goes bad. It looks How so... Wild is you that? know, if we had it, like, in grocery stores, it would look so weird. It almost looks like brown. It's like blue. Oh, yeah, bluish brown. Yeah. Like, it has just a weird off tent. You, you sh- If you were to shake it in a jug, it would, like, stick on the sides, and it's all That's fraught. right. You worked in I forgot. Uh-huh. Did yeah, you no, used to I be used able to t- taste the difference of, like, if they got in a different patch of, like... Uh, like what was it Napoleon Dynamite where they're like, oh, I taste the the, um, the onion and you, know, you can taste the difference cow. between you can tell taste the difference between like a Jersey and a Holstein cow, like different breeds of cows. I really? would say, yeah, yeah, you can mm. taste like a little bit of difference. I don't think I do. Could, they look different those two breeds. Oh my God, they look way different. What's the, brown, the brown ones are Jersey. The Holsteins oh. are black and white. Oh, okay. so Jerseys are significantly smaller. That's actually what I worked. So the dairy I worked on was were Jersey cows, and they produce. <laughs> Yo, uh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> they're, I want to say they're like. Landry. On average, they're like two. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure somebody will. Uh, I think Jerseys do about two to three gallons of milk a day, and a Holstein will do like four to six gallons of milk a day per cow. So they 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 they're quite a bit bigger, and so most people go Holstein because Holstein cows produce more yeah. and in turn probably make more money. But Jersey milk it tends to be a little bit richer, and people like really yeah yeah. I wonder which one mm. is higher in the A two proteins. You guys have heard of this? The, the oh, there's a brand that's called that. Can produce uh, oh six gallons of five percent butter fat milk each day. Okay, mm. yeah the the this is a high the you know the animal. eight there's there's a a two compare that, it to a Holstein dog. Yeah, yeah look at that. They have the, the, the proteins called a two apparently are supposed to be easier to digest. Isn't there a, a milk brand called that? Yeah, mm-hmm. they like bred the cows to produce primarily that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what what does that say there, Doug? Nine gallons. Yeah. Wow. Per so day. like I mean I, I guess I had the ratio pretty close right, mm-hmm. but the, so nine well, to six. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit. That's, yeah, a, that's a productive, productive cow right there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, are, are you um have you guys seen the new Star Wars series that came out on Disney? The anime. Oh, the anime. you sent that over. I didn't get a chance okay. to check it out yet. Okay, I know you're so, a big anime guy. I, well, okay. So I don't mind. I don't mind uh, good anime. Um, I think it could be very interesting. So what they did was is they had different production studios do animated Star Wars stories. None of them are canon. So they're all kind of like veer off Star Wars, but okay. they stick to kind of like the universe. And you get to see like different production companies and different stories and different animation styles. Wow. Now, I know you guys I know you guys' opinions on anime. Most of them are like that. You won't like most of them. But the first episode is sick. Okay. You guys have to watch the first one. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like samurai slash Star Wars Sweet. and the way that they organize it and the, depict it, well, I mean, very that's, stylistic. That's what Lucas pulled from is is that whole samurai uh, culture. You know, like he took a lot of that in the helmets and, 
you know, in the, in the sword fighting styles and all that kind of stuff. So, bro, it's sick. Okay. Did you guys ever watch Afro Samurai? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you watch that it? It was really cool. Yeah. You like that? Oh, yeah. It's cool. Okay. So the first episode is like that. Okay. Except it's it's in black and white. Well, I, I mean, used to watch those like Eon Flux and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that, the, the really weird, interesting uh, animation. I, I was into that for Okay. A bit. Then yeah. you'll like it then. And then um, Marvel has one that came out called What If, which is. Uh, it's the you know who the, you guys familiar with the Watcher? He's like a Marvel character. Anyway, he's like this universal god. I thought character. the Watcher was from DC. No, no Marvel. Oh, and uh, you might oh you thinking of the Watchmen? Yeah, oh Watchmen. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's so, so the Watcher is like this character that observes the universes because there's multiple and so there's alternate so bigger than Thanos apparently yes he's like some yeah yeah like galactic what was that one the other one galactic uh or yeah I know who you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway yeah. in this series it's actually kind of smart each episode is an alternate universe where something else happened hmm. so like one episode is like what if Thor never had a brother what if he was an only child what does that look like it's actually a funny one He's like this spoiled party, like college frat kid who goes to different planets and like wreaks havoc. Do you guys' wives get turned cool. on when you guys talk about this stuff? <laughs> just out of, yeah, just out of curiosity? Oh, yeah, 100%. Dude. Dude, I, <laughs> they get all wound right up. So, like the Sahara Desert. That's what yeah. it is. It goes into the first. <laughs> hey, speaking of Sahara Desert and dry. So I, did you see in our private forum, uh, the uh, Sean, I forget what the last, what Sean's last name is. I know it's Sean. I don't remember his last name, but he did a picture of his before and after. Oh, there it does. Pull Oliver. Up. Sean Oliver. So he did a picture of his hands before and after using Caldera. I know. How nuts is that? Because I talk about it with for my psoriasis and he goes, I don't know if I have psoriasis or what, but he has like this really. He had really, really, really dry. It's chafed. Crazy, hands, right? And then it went from that to normal. What's the time frame in the pictures, Doug? Does it say? He says they're 10 apart. So I don't know if that's days. Probably 10 weeks. 10 mm. weeks? I don't know. Yeah, Hard uh, yeah to say. I don't I don't know. 10 days would be insane if he had that that quick cuz it takes a little while for me to see a difference with my psoriasis when I'm when I'm consistent with it. But that's crazy though, right? The difference? Oh, yeah. yeah, you know it's funny. We of all the the partners we were I know with, you we yeah. That was the one we were like, um, you know, skincare, oil, I mean, how's but it But if you work? think of your skin as like the largest organ in your body, that's it, true. You know, it's kind of one of those things like speak I, for I, yourself. I, well, I I, <laughs> I just think that uh it's 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 new as far as uh men adopting this. Like women have been taking 100%. care of their skin forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like dudes are like most dudes are like Justin were for the most part and it's kind of changing put some dirt on it yeah. well it's just changing they're making they're they're starting to market to men that like dude you could you could use product like this and still take care of your skin just because you're a man doesn't mean you don't need to do this yeah. or it doesn't help yeah. to do this but it just works you're man doesn't mean you don't have to be radiant yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow look at the yeah. radiance coming yeah. off his face right oh, now dude hey. I'll tell you what. so I, amazing though i i want to bring up oh, something I that i just it's um it's interesting to say the least. And Sal sent over a a text message in the in the thread. And I have to give you credit because, and I don't know if you did it on air. So that's why I want to give you credit because we definitely talked about it off air many times because I remember when there was a little bit of controversy around Mind Pump when we didn't jump on the bandwagon of posting black squares when everybody posted a black square right away with the whole BLM movement. 
And I remember clearly you, Sal, saying just, you know, just wait, watch what's going to happen when they no longer need this group to support what their their movement or what they're trying to do. They're going to throw them out or wait when you see this uncontrollable group ends up doing things that is counter or opposite of yeah. what they want them to do. And here you have the left to attach themselves uh, to the to there, use that whole movement to probably oust uh, freaking um, Trump. And now they are coming out and they're protesting again. But guess what? They're protesting yeah, right vaccine now. Vaccine mandates. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're saying that it's racist. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, so let's back up for a second. So uh, I have a lot of friends that are that are like no, are conflicted, very conflicted right yeah. now. Right. Well, so it's happening in New York, and they're threatening ideology. They're threatening like serious upheaval if New York doesn't lift their vaccine mandate. Now, here's their 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 point uh, is. That a major that a, a disproportionate majority of people who choose to not vaccinate are minorities, um, and and so m many of these minorities now are excluded from businesses. Not mm. only that, but lockdowns mm -hmm. and all these all these policies disproportionately hammered minority-owned businesses and all that stuff. So BLM came out and said, if you don't lift these mandates um, because they're racist, we're going to have this big deal. So here's the deal with 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 BLM. Now the 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 sentiment Black Lives Matter obviously is true. Of course, Black Lives Matter. But the group is 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 a it is a Marxist philosophy group. They that, by the way, too, people. there's still people that think that's some sort of a, a rumor or no, it's like, true. You can literally YouTube that, and no, there's true. there's a there's a video of her saying the yeah, one yeah. of the the three girls that leads that group that says that we are that, trained Marxists. Yes, they are trained yeah. Marxists. And I, I mean, I saw this early on. Uh, Marxism as a philosophy essentially is about um, valuing the collective over the individual. So it's about group identity over individual identity. It's about a, it's about attaching characteristics to a group. If you're this group, then this is you're you're the problem. If you're this group, then you're the victim and you know, so on and so forth. But I could see it clearly when all that stuff was happening right during election season that they were, you know, quiet, uh the, the you know, political party was certain certain political party, very quiet or outwardly supporting them because it helped them uh politically. It was very expedient. And I knew you are feeding a monster. And at some point, this monster is going to come, and it's going to it's and it's gonna turn gonna, on you. And it is. So now, what are they going to do? Like, how do you turn on a group that you made look so virtuous and so good that now is saying vaccine mandates, which you support so wholeheartedly, yeah, are racist? Very interesting. And this is, by the way, this is like Paul. This is which is a major, major push right now. Yeah, I mean, dude. that is the every single <laughs> conversation yeah. leads in that direction yeah. because it's so important. By, by the way, y'all made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. Oh now. man. And I, by the way, I agree with BLM, not that they're racist, but that the vaccine mandates should be lifted. And I do want to clarify people. They, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about freedom and Liberty and people are like, well, you're not free to get other people sick. And mm -hmm. I get that. That's, that's because people have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be free. So there's two sides of this. One is you are you are free to choose what you put in your body, okay? And nobody should be able to force you to do otherwise. On the other end of that, a business owner is free to say, you can't come into my business. This is And this is all jives. This is all consistent with liberty. Now, what isn't consistent with liberty is when the government comes, who has the power to legislate, fine, and jail, and all that stuff, and says, hey, you groups of people that want to voluntarily 
meet with each other. You can't do that unless this person does this thing. And sorry, you can't let them in otherwise. That's anti-freedom. Uh, now, people may say, well, what about everybody else who's at greater risk because of unvaccinated people? You are free to put yourself at risk or not, mm -hmm. and you are free to go to businesses that say vaccinated only or avoid businesses that mm -hmm. allow people who are unvaccinated. So the freedom and liberty is on you. do everything you. online at home. Yeah, the, the, but the, the liberty is on you. That's all consistent. So, And it, what's, what sucks is that you have people on either side, like the people are saying, well, businesses can't say that they can't let me in. That's not freedom. Actually, it is. They own their business. They can say whatever the hell they want if they don't want to serve you then that's up to them. And then the other side's like, oh, well, they should be forced <clears throat> if they're going to... No, that's also... So what's your theory on what's going to happen? How is this going to unfold? Do you think that... I mean, mine is that you're going to see the left condemn BLM now, mm. right? So they they were Ooh, supporting them nice. and helping... It is, but I th I think it's... If if BLM continues to to push this, okay, mm -hmm. and it, with New York first, then California will probably be next. And if you start seeing more and more cities jump on the mandate then I would imagine you're going to see BLM continue to rise up on this and try and make a statement. And so it will force, I think, the left to have to come out and say something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or do you think they'll just ignore them? Well, I think so. That's probably, that's probably the smartest well, bet is to just pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, because I, okay, so I try to think of this politically. What would I do? Like if I had, if I was a political strategist, how in the hell yeah, would ignore. I- ignore. You'd have to just ignore Yeah, it. how would I counter that? Now, I know what I would do if I was on the opposite team. Run away from interviews like we've seen everything else yeah. so far. Well, yeah. I know what I would do if I was on the other side is I would, I would be like, this is hilarious. And I would say, in fact- some points are true, you know, a big percent. Yeah, you, you are them. shutting down a lot of minorities <laughs> from going into businesses. Isn't that strange? You know, kind of play that, you know, that same game. But I don't know, man. I don't know what they do. But this is a monster that they helped grow. I mean, that's how my friends are handling it. All my friends that were all supportive on that side that I'm messaging and stuff like that, I just crickets. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody knows what to say, what to say back to it because they. By were the so way, you know. Um, I don't blame. How do I virtue up? Yeah, I don't blame people for being skeptical, especially minorities. I don't blame them. There's a history of minorities being injected with shit that made them sick. That they were told wouldn't. I mean, you look up the Tuskegee experiments like, yes. uh, as a wonderful example. Perfect example. So I I don't blame uh, minorities being like eh, I'm going to hold off or I don't know if I trust you know what's going on. I don't blame them. Not saying that they're right. Just saying I don't blame them. Yeah. Real quick, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Head over to masszymes.com forward slash mind pump. So that's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S.com forward slash mind pump. They make the best digestive enzymes you'll find anywhere. Now, why are these important? Well, especially as you age, your body starts producing less digestive enzymes. So the proteins, fats, and carbohydrates you eat start to cause digestive issues, or you don't really assimilate them that well. Or let's say you're a young lifter and you eat a very high protein diet, but you want to assimilate all that protein. You don't want to just eat it all and have digestive issues. You want to be able to assimilate all of it. Digestive enzymes can help as well. So it helps with things like bloating and assimilation of those macronutrients. So they go to the places you want them to go to. Again, go check them out. Head over to masszymes.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump 10. That's mind pump one zero with no space for 10% off your order. All right, here comes the rest of the show. All right, our first question is from EM Hot in Pink 9. How do men get jacked in prison if they're not eating in a salary a calorie surplus? Uh, well, okay, so first off, obviously to build muscle, you have to be in at least somewhat of a surplus. So that's not 
entirely correct, but I, I, I do get a lot of questions about this. Is like, you know, some prisons don't even have equipment. They're eating, you know, top ramen and tuna fish. Like, how are they able to to build so much muscle and whatever? And the 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 number one reason is frequency, and the second reason is consistency. That's they not, work out often, and they work out a lot. That's not it either. There's also still this misconception of what people what what jacked is, uh, and we've talked about this on the show. Mm -hmm. um, all of us have talked about when I got lean or when any of us got really lean, yeah. I got more jacked. You yeah. look huge compliments than ever. So the, when you lean somebody out, we all ever, even somebody who doesn't work out has got muscle. They have shoulders, they've got pecs, they've got a back, they got legs. Definitely got a six pack. Yeah, they've got all the, they have that those muscles. If you peel down all the body fat, they look jacked. Mm -hmm. They'll look like they built a bunch of muscles. So there's there's a couple things going on here. So it isn't always, you rarely see a guy go into prison, okay, at 185 and he comes out at 215 and jacked. Mm -hmm. And that's also to say too, I bet some of them get stuff. Yeah, because they oh, if they 100%. found ways to get all other drugs. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they found ways to get whole, like, D ball and, inside there. Yeah, uh, for getting things on the outside. But I think it's it's probably even shifted. I think that might have been the case, like you know, a decade or so back when you know they did allow. Didn't they allow like uh, weights and, and, and you know, and they were able to actually like you know have um, actual plates and everything yeah. in. So, but they removed that from a lot of the prisons. Because not even all of them, though. Just California. Just, yeah, as I yeah. say, not all prisons yeah. are like that. It, one, so. of the, one of the biggest, I think, stupidest things they ever did. I think uh, exercise is a great way to reduce depression, anxiety, of course, improve good mood. It's a very positive way to build self-esteem, give you some a little bit of purpose, and it's an effective tool to take away if somebody messes up. Um, so I think that was very dumb. But here's the thing. So I, used, I had a couple people work for me in the past who served some time. And we actually talked about this and they said, you know, they said, you work out all day. Like yeah. you wake up in the morning and you do push-ups, pull-ups, yeah. sit-ups. It's like self-preservation too. Yeah, it, extra motivation there. It's like you break up your day with like three different workouts. It's not like they go and work out for an hour, you know, three days a week. What else are you going to do? And, and literally one of my employees told me this. He goes, you work out and you read or you lose your mind. So what I did all day was I worked out three times a day and I read all the time. I read more books in prison than I'll ever read in the rest of my life. Yeah. But that frequency and that, that frequent practice and that consistency, especially when you're, you know, when you're, when you're dogged about it, right? It's like, I'm in here for five years. Uh, you know, what am I, every day looks exactly the same. What am I going to do? Uh, a lot of these guys, this is how they maintain sanity. And if you practice exercises three times a day, every single day consistently, and you don't overdo it, and you're super consistent about it, you will build strength and muscle. You just will. And this There's is also the, the potential. I mean, we're speculating on what everybody does in prison. And the reality is there's probably lots of different examples. There's probably yeah. an example of somebody who smuggles extra calories in there. And so mm -hmm. that's why he gets bigger. There's maybe somebody who actually never worked out till they went to prison. And now they have those newbie gains where right. the, anything they do, they're going to start to build a little bit of muscle regardless of their, their calorie intake. So there, or there's the guy who is doing three days a week or three days uh, or three, times a, three day. times a day, every day training. So his frequency is up there. So there's lots of reasons why this could be. So, and then there's, 
there's the other one where they could be getting drugs too. You know, mm -hmm. there's a very good chance that some of them are taking steroids in there. So, you know, if you'd have to give me the exact person and then me be able to assess what I think from that. So all those though are, are major factors. I mean, all those things can result in someone building an incredible physique. Yeah. I don't think it's a like one size fits all like, oh, this is what they're all doing in prison. It's like, well, there's probably this potentially going on. This could potentially right. be going and on. And how do you know they're not smuggling more food too? To That's what I said. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said so that as a possible variable. Like, yeah. you better believe well, they, some people they are getting trade calories. It. Sometimes they'll trade it. Yeah. So yeah. they'll they'll play games and then tr cigarettes or packets of tuna can yeah. be really, really popular. Yeah. In prison, protein so to powder. Say they're not getting a surplus is kind of like and, it's just. Yeah, and I would make the argument that true. most of these the the guys that we're talking about and or girls that get jacked, the definition of jacked is is by showing more muscle definition, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. And so a lot of them probably just lean out, and a lot of them probably lean out because they're eating low calorie, well, only three meals a day, and moving and exercising all day. Well, long. one yeah. of the guys that I again one of the, one of my employees, they would be locked down for a majority of the day. So a majority of the day. You were stuck in your cell. And then they would let each person out for like an hour or two a day. And literally, that's what he said. He goes, the way you keep your sanity is you break up your day with exercises. And I'm like, in your cell? And he goes, oh, yeah. You do pull-ups yeah. on the top bunk. Handstand push-ups. You do push-ups. You do handstand push-ups. You do sit-ups. You do lunges. He's like, you do all kinds of you know creative exercises just to kind of maintain your yeah. sanity. And you get really good. At doing, you ever seen barmen? You ever seen guys that are really good on bars? Oh yeah. Okay, some some of these guys in prison on bars look, are like gymnasts because yeah. for years this is what they practice every single day and they develop tremendous skill. I feel like what prompted this question is the episode that we did not that long ago because we got some stuff on YouTube where a couple people that saw the clip started debating practicing push-ups. No, no, no. We talked about how you you don't if you're in order to build muscle you need to be in a calorie surplus. Oh, I see. Mm. And we got debate on on YouTube a little bit from right. it. So I think uh, that I feel like that's where this is coming from yeah, because yeah. that was just recently, like a week ago. That's been like the one of the most recent contested things that we've said. Yeah. And of course, everybody takes one piece of that and they try and run well, with it. It's like there's there's always exceptions to the rule. The exception to the rule is somebody who hasn't lifted weights ever or hasn't in a very long time, mm -hmm. and even in a calorie deficit, that person could potentially build but some also, muscle. Also, I do want to make this point: like never underestimate the ingenuity of of people when they have nothing else to do. I mean, you have in prison, you have a bit of a self-selection bias. Supposedly not the smartest, brightest people, right? Go to prison. And yet, if you ever learn about the economics yeah. and the ingenuity- and The communication that they In have. prison, it would blow your damn mind. I mean, they have ways of communicating through the toilets where they yeah. can go through the pipes, where they can make their own alcohol. They make tattoo guns. They can make- all kinds of different devices and ways to listen and communicate with each other and ways to smuggle things. And you oh, they think make up their own languages so you can write in code and now, do stuff. Now, I why? Mean, they're locked in a, in a cell. They have nothing else to do. Yeah. And so they just, de they're just they disciplined. They focus on something else. Yeah. So imagine that with exercise or yeah. learning. You know how many people go to prison, come out with a degree or even a master's degree because they had nothing else? I've, I've read stories of people who actually built their cases and then, and then, defended themselves or appealed yeah. their cases themselves right and they became they lawyers themselves law yeah so yeah. never underestimate like what people are capable of when they have no other choice next question is from christian lynch 1084 
what are some good glute exercises to add my to my leg day to give me a dump truck? <laughs> dump, <laughs> dump truck. Yeah. That, wow. I mean, uh, that we don't already have in all of our programming, yeah. or that I mean, because uh, well, here I'll, well, let's let's need a refresher. Course yeah, let's list some yeah. of the best butt exercises. Hip thrusts are really good. Yeah. Uh, barbell squats are really good. Deadlifts are really good. Single leg Bulgarian deadlifts, split squats. Yeah, really good. You know, sumo deadlifts. Yeah, I like. You know, I tell you, you know, I good been, mornings. I've been doing hip thrusts now a little bit more consistently, and man. Man, it really you're a big hip thrust guy it, now. Yeah, yeah, it really pumps my glutes up like crazy. Well, I'll take the power version of that with a, like a heavy kettlebell squ- swing as well. You know, you can get creative with that, but uh, yeah, it's just a, it's it's varying it to make sure that you know you're you're getting exposure to a lot of different uh, stimulus. I also think we should highlight what's wrong with this question though. Like that's it's not that simple. It's of not like, right to call it a dump truck. It, well, no, <laughs> that's not what I mean by this. It it, it may also not it's be that you're uh, missing something in your exercise routine is is why you're not building a butt. Right. I mean, if that's if you're struggling with that and you've you're trying a lot of the movements we already did, it's it may not be like oh it's you're missing the the exercise that yeah. is going to be mm-hmm. a game changer for you. There could be something wrong. You may have a poor connection to your glutes. That's that's more common than than not. More often than not, I have clients that are just quad dominant because we are everything so forward on us that when they go to do a lot of these movements that the quads are involved with, the quads take over the movement. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really, really common. So we just listed off a bunch. Now, there's a few of them in there that do a better job, hip thrust being one of them, good mornings that tend to isolate the posterior chain better. But a lot of some of your best butt exercises, there's still some quad in it. And if you're a quad dominant person and you do, you can yeah. do a ton of these exercises, the quads are going to take over the, over the movement and you're not going to build the glutes very much. Yeah. And you know, in fact, I had a conversation with uh, Doug about this this morning because he was talking about how he's glute dominant. So he's the opposite and he's trying to develop his quads. So he's starting his leg workouts with like quad dominant knee extension kind of based exercises yeah. and then saving the glute stuff for the end. If you're quad dominant, you do the opposite. There's, there's there's no rule that says you can't start your workout with hip thrusts and with good mornings and then move over to the other exercises like squats. You could totally do that and you'll get more development of your glutes that way. Well, this is where I have value or find value in those movements that I think we make fun of all the time when you see someone doing the, you know, the little, uh, what do they call kick donkey kicks or yeah. whatever, or fire hydrants and these, these little body weight leg exercises to isolate the glutes. Well, if that is your reasoning, like if that, if like Doug has, there's lots of value to Doug doing that, or excuse me, not Doug, because Doug's uh, glute dominant. Somebody who's not glute dominant, that's quad dominant, coming in, doing these little isolation exercises to to feel in their butt and to get a little pump in there, and then go prime it ahead of time. Yeah, then go do squats, then go Mm -hmm. do deadlifts. That makes a lot of sense to do that, not to fatigue the glutes in that type of a movement, but to get better activation and a pump there before you go do the big lifts. Next question is from I am your man's six 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 wet dream. Wow! wow. That's, that's Holy a, cow! It's a bold name. That's confident. Yeah. What do you think about bench pressing with feet off the floor? I, I would say dumb until Sal started telling people to do it. No. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you do not. No, do not yeah. bench press. No, I'm with, not a fan with of this. your feet off the floor unless you're going to do a a what's called a guillotine press variation. In which case, you have to have good shoulder mobility, good st- stability. It's an advanced exercise, and there's a reason for that. It brings the chest down, elbows flare out. You get more upper chest activation. If you're bench pressing, like a traditional bench press, 
and you take your feet off the floor, you're not bench pressing anymore. You've created yeah. a brand new exercise, um, and it's not a good idea. Your stability comes from your lower body when you're bench pressing. Taking the feet off the floor. You know why that started, by the way, back in the day? I know I did it back yeah. in the day. Well, the reason why it started was because guys would cheat when they bench. They'd push oh. their butt up off the bench. So people would like, take your feet off the floor. Now you can't cheat all of a sudden. Well, mm. okay, the, just don't push your butt off the bench and you're, and you're okay. So that's not why I did it. When I was a trainer, and I, I will admit this, I taught this. It was uh, terrible. It was in the height of the the, the core movement. Oh. You know, It was all about- Incorporate the core. Yes. So that was it. Was that, okay, we're doing bench press, and I was all about you know in, incorporating more core work into all my other movements. And so anytime that I can challenge instability in an exercise, I, in my eyes as a trainer back then, it was a superior movement mm. we not only are we working the chest but now we're challenging that core and i used to have this pitch that the you know you have two the most important muscle in your body is your heart without it you're dead the next most important muscle is your core yeah. so everything is about the core and in trying to challenge that in every movement so the thought process for me stemmed from that early on as a trainer pushing the core all the time it's a terrible idea i remember when you brought up on the podcast talking about the guillotine press i'm like oh god sal if you share this now we're going to have people going and doing this and most people doing it just they have no business doing it. there's no reason for you to try and do that yeah, movement super novelty exercise yeah right. and you and you you got you need to have been trained for a very very long time like sal understand biomechanics really well got great form and have already done all the other exercises that are superior to that movement before playing with it if you're mm -hmm. an advanced lifter you get all that by all means, have fun, you know, and there's lots of exercises you can play with, but I would never teach a client today uh, uh, putting your feet up on the bench yeah. because of the simple fact of what you just said. You put your feet up and it flattens the back. When it flattens the back, it also naturally starts to protract people's shoulders forward, which every everybody plus you lose all your ground forces yeah i mean that's for, uh, for lifting for power and stuff like that that makes sense but i'm talking about just for well, even just a louder signal like like if it's a true compound lift you know you got to incorporate your whole body yeah. sure sure but i that's not even the number one reason why most people don't feel it in their chest when they press it has nothing to do with their feet it has everything to do with their their shoulders the and position. The posi yeah yeah M almost every client that i ever did a bench press with at least 80 percent of them did not fill it in their chest when we first started doing it. They fill it in their shoulders and their arms, yeah, right. and th that is because they do not know how to retract, depress the shoulders, keep them in that position while they bench press in but order then to do a machine. Them. I guess is my point. Like if that's your focus, like go do a machine press. Like the the, the beauty of it is that you know you're going to incorporate your legs, and that's going to be a big part of like amplifying that signal. So now I can actually load you know substantially more weight because I'm incorporating the fact that my entire core and my legs are driving you know in in in, in implementing that into the press. Yeah. So it's it's a lot more going on you know than it just looks like I'm pressing this weight off my chest. You're, you're actually making the bench press less effective. Yeah, uh, when you take your feet off the floor, unless again you're doing a variation, a specific novelty, you know, very strange variation, um, in which case you really need to know what you're doing. But otherwise, it just makes the bench press less effective. So you take your feet up. Okay, you've reduced the effectiveness of a, of a great exercise. You know, congratulations. That's basically what you've done. Is well, yeah. Then else? it becomes like I was doing, which was not a good idea. Is it now becomes a better core exercise, and it becomes a better yeah. chest exercise. <laughs> so. That, I mean, and that was the thought process for me, which was silly and not a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I you really want to think, do that, and, just press on a physio ball. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I, I think Justin's that. point yeah. is right, but I don't think that's the main argument to make here. The main argument to make is that 
most people have a hard time using their chest when they bench press. Taking your feet up off the ground is only going to make that harder. Yes. It's yeah. not going to make it's it easier or more effective. That, yeah. Next question is from Nikki the Vizla. How did you guys get connected to start Mind Pump? Yeah, you know, Do you remember I, what, what, what oh, Sal used wow, to have say? Have we not talked to, about the story in a long time? Do you remember time, what man? Sal used to say all the time, every single time? Swipe right? Yeah, no, the tender. Like, oh, tender. Yeah. yeah. I missed that remember, That was like, that was yeah, it was like too. for, I remember, I think Doug finally said something like, okay, I, I, think, left. I think you should yeah. tell that story different because you share that I every know. time. That's but, not what happened. But I want to bring it back though because you hadn't said it in such a long time. We didn't see each other on Grinder or whatever. No, it's, and I picked this question because we we haven't talked about it in a long time. We have a large, new audience especially on youtube that kind of they ask this question quite a bit yeah uh in the comments um you know it's it's it, it kind of goes way back but it really started because um you know back in the day i you know i managed gyms i worked in, for a very large fitness company uh probably considered a high performer and you would always hear about other high performers in the company it was a large company this was 24 fitness and in those days i think the company had like three or four hundred locations and you knew about the other high performers uh, by name, the people that you would, you know, that would be mentioned. And I would occasionally hear um, Adam's name being brought up. He was a fitness manager and he was one of the top ones in the company. You were also in the same, not district, but the same region. Mm -hmm. And so I'd hear your name pop up here, but that was about it. Um, I, nothing else. But then as the years went on, it was very strange. I, I would have people come up to me who knew Adam and they would, and I remember the first time this happened actually happened with a trainer that worked for me. Her name was Amber. You, you know who she is. And she comes up to me and she goes, have you ever met Adam Schaefer? I'm like, no, I think I know who he is. I think I've heard of him. Oh, you guys need to work together. You guys should meet you guys. Oh my God, you guys will work great together. It was a weird thing to say uh, because uh, you know, I never knew him, but I said, okay, well anyway, this happened maybe five more times with five other people it happened with Jason it happened with Larry and a, and a couple other random people. So his name stuck in my head because of that. It's a very strange thing to hear from anybody. Oh, you got to meet this person. You guys should work together. Very strange, right? So anyway, fast forward years later, I had my private personal training kind of health and wellness studio. And at the time I was really doing lots of research into the medicinal effects of uh, marijuana. I had a family member um, that had cancer and I was trying to help them and help alleviate some of the issues with the chemotherapy and that kind of stuff. And on Facebook, I saw that Adam was on there. And this is when Adam, you had uh, the cannabis clubs. Mm. And so I, I'm like, oh, let me ask him some questions. I was doing mm. lots of research. So I messaged him through Messenger on Facebook. I don't even know if it was Messenger back then, but I messaged him. And then him and I talked about marijuana, strains and cannabinoids and stuff like that. And you know, and I thought that was kind of cool. Like, oh, we have kind of similar background, but you know. that was rare back then too. By yeah. the way, that's I think that's a point. You Nobody in fitness. Yeah, that was you were the first person that I met that I respected in the fitness space that I thought was very intelligent, and then also was kind of pro cannabis. It was kind of taboo in our space. Yeah, so we and that was it, right? That's kind of ended there. And then um, I met Doug, and and Doug actually came into my gym and hired me um, as his trainer. And, uh, you know, long story short, he had back problems, was referred to me by a chiropractor and I trained him and I trained Doug. Doug was not inexperienced. Doug was actually very experienced, very knowledgeable, probably one of the most knowledgeable clients I'd ever worked with in fitness because it had been a passion of his for since he was a kid, but I'd flipped a lot of what he had known on its head. And he came to me and I said, I'm only going to train you twice a week. That's all we're going to do. Let's start with that. And I remember your reaction was like, just twice a week? Like, oh, I need to do more to build muscle? I said, no, no, let's start with that. 
We're going to do full body. We're going to focus on these basic exercises. We're not going to train to failure, all the stuff we talk about on the podcast. And as I was training Doug, his body was just, and Doug literally thought he was a hard gainer. He's like, I am a hard gainer. I don't build muscle. Well, if you know Doug now, you know, he's not a hard gainer. You know, he's got, he's a really strong guy and he responded very well. And he came to me, uh, probably six months or a year into this. And he, he came to me once and he goes, you know what, Sally goes, if you ever have something that you want to try to sell online, let me know because I could put it together for you. I think it would work really well. I like the way you present things and you communicate fitness. And that stuck with me. And I thought, God, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to write a book. But I went home and thought about it. And one day I was up late and I'm reading these studies. And I this is when I created MAPS Anabolic. And I bring it to Doug and I said, this is the program I think I want to sell. Uh, but I want to test it on people. I'm going to test some of these theories on you, on other clients. I'm going to send it to other trainers. Doug took it, took it and created this online platform. And he talked me into doing, you know, instructional videos, which I had no intention of ever doing. I never had been in front of a camera doing that stuff. So I did it. And we did this huge sales video and this, all this stuff. And we had all this stuff together. And I said, I want more opinions on what we're doing. And then I remembered Adam. I said, you know what? Adam, people have been telling me to work with him forever. He's obviously a high performer, smart guy. Um, he's in fitness. Uh, and he definitely came across as very blunt and honest back then, which was a very accurate you know, just, uh, <laughs> assessment. That hasn't changed. Yeah, I know. And so I figured if it sucked, he would tell me. And I appreciate that. So I sent it to him. And then Adam called me on the phone and then uh, invited me to his house. And then we all sat down and met. And literally, that's how Mind Pump started. We all sat down and met. And from the gates, literally, as soon as we sat down, it was nonstop conversation about the fitness industry, the, the misdirection of it, all the crap that's in it, how we communicate uh, fitness and health, you know, why we would want to do podcasting because there were low barriers to enter and nobody would tell us what to do. We didn't have to sell a product just to you know, mention what we wanted to. We could say whatever we wanted. And so literally, that's how we started. And then I remember telling him, you know, Doug, my partner, he's got recording equipment because this was a hobby of Doug's. I think we could do this. And we literally started it, I think, like the next week. And yeah, I think we it, was the next, first. it was the next weekend that Doug said, hey, I've got the stuff. We could just try it and see what happens. And so. we started it in your house, literally mm -hmm. recorded it. And I think it was at the kitchen table or, or the counter. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. Doug put up the camera. And that was the first mind pump episode. And that was it. Well, you know, uh, one memory that comes to mind was when we launched the podcast, we, I think we dropped, how many episodes did we drop at first? Was it five or at least three? Was it three? Something like that? Yeah. We dropped the episodes. I'm training my clients. Remember all of us had our day jobs or whatever. And I'll never forget. I had my phone in my pocket and it's just buzzing like crazy. And I look at my phone and it's Adam and I put him to voicemail, put it back in my pocket, starts buzzing again, pull it out. It's Adam again, voicemail. This happened like three or four times. I'm with a client. I'm like, shit, man. So I tell my client, hold on one second. I got to get this call. It's obviously important. I go outside and Adam's like, bro, go to iTunes right now. I'm like, okay. And he goes, check new and notable. So I go to the section and we were right there listed as a new and notable. And I was like, oh shit, I think we have something. Yeah. So yeah. it was a really, really good time with that. Uh, but you know, with one the more cool thing to add, I think that it's, that it's unique to the, the, the four-way partnership is that, um, you know, Justin, uh, I think, God, I don't remember what year it was. Justin, maybe 06. When did you, when did you graduate from college? 
Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so uh, Justin, um, I, I got him fresh out of college with his kines to come work for me as a trainer, and um, we just we we connected so well because we were actually really different. Like uh, he had a lot of success as a trainer um, for the opposite reasons that I did. I would say that the areas that I was weaker in as a trainer, I found those were his strengths, and so we made just a, a really good team together and he quickly became my right-hand man assistant at, at the clubs i transferred to another club and took him with me um and we went on to do some really great things uh in those places and then we went our separate ways uh he he left the company went on to do his own thing privately and uh, i went on to marijuana to do my own thing but always remained in contact just checking up on each other and he was always like wanting to do something with me he's like come on we should do this and i'm like ah, i'm, oh, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm digging like, this. I'll pull him back into fitness, <laughs> yeah. dude. I, I knew I would at some point. Yeah, he was always coming down and and pitching me on the, the a new idea that he wanted to do, and and I'd say, yeah, I like that. Justin oh, the closer. Yeah, he'd always be <laughs> showing up and telling me this stuff. Well, we and, used to crush. I mean, uh, the the environment was nothing like I'd ever been in mm -hmm. in terms of like you know having a job. It was like just constant fun, but. I mean, we put numbers out there that like the company hadn't seen. And mm -hmm. it was just like the culture that was created and, and just working with Adam was always like really super fun. And it was like, but we got after it, you know, and, and it was, it was, it, it was remnant of when I was on a, a, a really, you know, a championship team. It, it was very similar to that, had that same dynamic. And so I guess that, I think I, I just always wanted to, you know, bring that back and figure out a way that we could like, uh, you know, resurface that somehow. Yeah. So I was just like, Adam, what are you doing? You know, we're going to get back to this or what, you know? And ironically we eventually did. Right. But what, uh, you know, what ended up happening was, uh, I, about two, two and a half years or so, somewhere around there, give or take. Um, I got, I got tired of, of marijuana and I've shared this story before where, um, I had reached this this financial goal that I always had, and I was actually really unhappy. I just um, I had deep pockets, but I had uh, relationships falling apart. The girl I was dating had just cheated on me, which had never happened to me before. Uh, my life, my my relationship with my family was in disarray. I was in the worst shape of my life, so I was really like uh, unhappy. I didn't like. I no longer liked what I was doing, and I missed fitness. And at that same time. Justin had this like fitness app idea and I had been kind of toying around with something similar that I wanted to do. And so, if, you know, he would always be hitting me with these ideas. I was like, you know what, let's go have coffee. I want to talk about some things. And, and so when we first met up, I was like, I was in a position at that time to be able to kind of financially support our idea. And I was like, all right, you kind of run this. I'll be the, the finance, the finances behind this and let's see what we could do. So we started with the intention of building an app and then my goal was Justin was going to build all the technical stuff and then I was to go get the audience. And so I instantly turned on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram uh, like the next day. Up until that mm -hmm. point, I didn't have any of those. And the sole intention of starting all those platforms up were to gain an audience, to build an audience mm -hmm. of people so we had people to potentially sell so this app to. to. Yep. And that was really, and we were in the thick of that when you guys had already built maps and when we all oh, got yeah. together. So it just seemed like great synergy. And you know, the crazy part about this, we all went into business with each other without even laying out like who was going to get what money. Like if Sal and Doug sold this program through Maps, would it be our money too or your money? Or if yeah. we sold this app, would it be our money? Or like there was we, a lot of respect. Uh, I think, yeah, it was, and it's, the irony is like what we were actually doing back then. We still do on on a lot of levels. 
Souls Lake too. And like, it, so there's a whole page devoted to like, you know, exercises and like descriptions and like we were creating all that kind of stuff that you see in our maps programs. Now, you know, Sal had come up with the concepts that were very unique uh, that people haven't, uh, you know, focused on the, the, the real main things that get you success. And so it was like, oh yeah, you figured that part out. And it's like, it just became this, you know, total synergistic uh, uh, contribution. Yeah. I, I I liked Justin obviously right away. He's very likable, but I know I had to win him over. I think early on, <laughs> early on, he's like, "Who's this flashy?" I'm a tough. I'm a tough fast one, talker. dude. You yeah. know, like yeah. especially if yeah, you got like verbal skills like you do. Yeah, you no, know? but I, that's I actually liked you more for that um, yeah. because uh, I know that you that's that's who you are. You don't you're you're gonna be who you are, and if somebody has to win you over. Which was uh, yeah, yeah, it was a like it that. was a really interesting dynamic to see four you know serial entrepreneurs, all leaders in their own right, um, come together and with no real real organization or business plan, be able to come together on something. And then it just, I mean, that's why I'm the one who, or we all do believe this way, right? I just believe some things were meant to be. And, you know, there, uh, I think we broke all the rules as far as how you start a business. Yep, I don't totally. think we, we did yeah. anything the way yeah. you were supposed and there to. Was, there was one moment, um, at least for me specifically, I've said this before, um, I haven't said it in a while, but for me, that was really pivotal. And it was when we had another partner when we first started, mind pump that we were going to do this with. And we recorded, I don't know, 12 episodes, filmed them, edited them. Remember we were new at this. So this was like a big deal. It was hard work. We had a, you know, this nice backlog or, or bank, I should say of, of episodes ready to launch. And our, this partner of ours who had the largest social media following, by the way, Adam had a small following at the time. I think he had like 20,000 followers. Not even. I think it was only like 10 back then. Yeah. And this other person had something like, I don't remember what it was, a hundred or 70 or something like that. So we were relying on, on this person's social media following and he comes out and he was sponsored by a supplement company. And I think he sent some of the episodes to the supplement company. And because we were so honest and raw and whatever, they said, mm, I don't think it's a good idea raw. that you work with these guys. And so he, he, he literally, he, he dropped out, he dropped out through text. Hey guys, can't do this. We had to scrap 12 episodes, and I, I remember, I just literally remember the day. I had my phone in my hand, fully prepared to get on the phone and motivate Adam, Justin, and Doug to continue with Mind Pump, because I thought for sure they'd want to stop. And I'm like, no, I got to get them motivated. And I get on the phone, and before I could say anything, it was either Adam or Justin that was like, fuck it, we're going we're gonna to make new episodes and do it ourselves. And I remember hearing, before I could even get a word out, and it gives me the chills because I was like, oh shit, this is, this is going to be good. These guys, these guys are the guys that I think uh, I want to work with and this is going to be pretty awesome. And there's been more stuff that's happened since then. That yeah, can, but to that, that point, to reinforce it. that is probably- That's the root of it all, though. Yeah, because when you think of, when I explain this to people, like there was no doubt that none of us, uh, none of us thought, we were good at this. Like nobody was like, (laughs) nobody was like, Oh, I'm so good. Like we're going to be great. And it was like the thing that we all had in common and that we had built in all of our previous years of experience in building other businesses was that um, we're probably going to suck. 
We're probably going to fail a lot. Um, and you know what? Like, let's just let's just outwork everybody. Let's do it a lot. Let's yeah. do it a lot, it and let's get back up and just. And so when back then it was advised you do like one episode a week and start slow, and we came out the gates just let's see how much we can put out there because we knew that the reps were were this is where we were going to get better. Like we knew we were terrible, and we but we would we could get better if we just poured everything into this and just kept going and kept going. And really that's a testament to how this thing was built was by no means do I think that any of us were talented in this arena at all, but, but we knew that we, we were very well aware of that going into it. We were all willing to just be sucky for a while. That's (laughs) that's the key right there. And we less suck now. Yeah. Look, (laughs) if you like this show, if you like our content, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out all of our guides, right? So we have guides that can help you Build muscle or burn body fat, improve your fitness and health, reduce pain. We even have guides for personal trainer. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump Sal. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.